You are listening to the Treasuring Christ Church podcast. At TCC, we believe that church isn't just like a family, but it is a family. We hope you're encouraged by listening to God's Word today, but we would love to see you on Sundays at 1030. For more information, check us out online at tccannarbor.com. All right. Morning, everyone. Thanks for coming. We're going to be talking about the doctrine of man today, so yeah, please feel free to help yourself. It's just the, uh, sorry, Joel, uh, just, just this one here. Got it. That Got one's it. for uh, college lunch. I noticed. Sorry about that. <laughs> so there's food if you want. Feel free to help yourself. So before we jump in, let's pray. So. Father God, thanks so much for this morning that you made. Thanks for bringing everyone here. Um, Thanks for the food uh, that Trey's made here, too. And, uh, yeah, just thanks for a chance to learn more about these important doctrines, God, that that what we believe shapes our heart and shapes what we do. So we just pray you uh, change our thoughts. If if we have wrong thinking about the doctrine of man, God, you would just shape them to think rightly, as as your word says, and uh, (laughs) help us to not just hear these words and and understand them, but actually put them in the practice, God. Uh, that we just glorify you and all that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the Doctrine of Man, we're going through in these doctrines class, right? Uh, these two books, one's uh, the small Grudem Christian beliefs, important Christian beliefs, 20 basics that every Christian should know, and then Concise Theology by J.I. Packer. Uh, so today we're talking about the Doctrine of Man. Why did God create us? Uh, that's... That's a big first question. Why, what's our purpose, right? What's the purpose of life? How can we glorify God? And then we're going to ask, how did God create us? What does it mean to be created in the image of God? And what are our, some of our responsibilities as image bearers? Um, so that's, that's where we're going today. We're going to spend time here uh, uh, talking about that. So first, why did God create us? Uh, anyone offer to know, offer any suggestions? Why did God create us? Glorify him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, first, you know, God didn't create us because he lacked or needed anything, right? In the high priestly prayer in John 17, right, it talks about how God and the Father existed before creation. You know, the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, three in one, just, you know, enjoying themselves, perfect love, perfect unity, right? It's, so he didn't need to make us. He didn't need anything from us. But Isaiah 43:7 and other passages say, uh, everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory. God created us for his own glory. And uh, I really like this, uh, the New City Catechism. If you don't have it, it's a, it's a free app. It's, it's been really helpful in, in my life, uh, just getting doctrines, right? right? Uh, and one of the questions is, why did God create us? Or how and why did God created us? create us? And it says, God created us in his own image, image of um, in male and female, he created us in order to know him, to love him, to live with him, and to glorify him. So he created us to know him, to, to, to really delight in him, right? To know him, to love him for who he is, to live with him, and to glorify him. And it's right that we who were created by God should live to his glory. So yeah, so uh, thank you, Morgan. So what is the purpose of our life? It's to glorify God, right? We can be so... Uh, inundated with messages around us that the purpose is mm-hmm. to make all this money or to be successful or have all this, uh, um, um, you know, just look really good uh, in, in the light of the world's eyes. But ultimately, what matters the most and is our only purpose is to glorify God. Now, how can we glorify God, right? What are some ways we can glorify God? Any any thoughts, any suggestions how we can glorify God? 
What does that mean to glorify God? To obey Him. To obey Him. Yep. Yep. That's a good one. To love Him. Yep. The two others on this list here, uh, enjoying Him, it's like loving Him, and trusting Him. So we glorify God by enjoying Him, loving Him, trusting Him, and obeying His will, commands, and law. Again, that's from the New City Catechism. Um, so yeah, so maybe even getting more, de- or getting deeper here too. So what are some specific examples of ways we can fulfill the purposes for which we created? So what are some ways we can love Him, we can enjoy Him, we can trust Him, we can obey Him? Any ideas? Any? I think in order to obey Him, we have to be in the Word because if we don't know what the word says, then we can't yeah. obey. Yeah, totally. That's how we can hear his voice. Mm-hmm. Just like the last mm-hmm. Equip series we went through, the importance yeah. of, of knowing his word, of God speaks to us through his word, through scripture, right? It's the written yes. uh, breath of God, the written word of God. I also feel like being in community is a big part of mm. knowing him more because we see him move in and through the body and not just ourself. So I think that can be really selfish almost in a way if we're only focused on how is God working in my life or <clears throat> you know it can be kind of self-focused yeah, but when we're in others, community outward focus. we can see yeah. you know him working and have that outward focus yeah so relationships right mm-hmm. how we treat other people especially within the church yeah I thought of like music too, right? Like one way we, I really love just enjoying God is just through music and the Psalms, right? The Psalms are basically a bunch of songs. So people mm-hmm. throughout the ages have just worshiped God through song and music and even dancing, right? I mean, there's so many ways. There's infinite ways that are specific examples of how we can fulfill God's purposes for which we were created. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's really uh, just refreshing, I think, for me to be reminded of. So next question, number five, how did God create us? Someone want to read? Uh, does anyone have Genesis 1.27 memorized that can read? Or open it up? So God created man in his own image, and in the image of man of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Yep. Thank you, Trey. Yep, so God created man in his own image. In the likeness of God, he created us, right? In the image of God, he created him. Uh, we are the only part of God's creation made in the image of God. We are unique, right? This is kind of what uh, Victor talked about last week, too, about creation, right? That we are the pinnacle of God's creation, right? He made land, sea, sky, birds, plants, animals, insects, right? But he put us as the fi- on the final, he put us as the pinnacle, as the head over, to have dominion over all these lower creatures, right? We are made in his image, and there is no one else that has that responsibility that has been made in his own likeness in that sense. So we are unique and we're the only part of God's creation made in the image of God. We are the culmination of God's infinitely wise and skillful creation. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, J.I. Packer says, the special dignity of being human is that as humans, we may reflect and reproduce at our own creaturely level the holy ways of God and thus act as his direct representatives on earth. So uh, this is like 
quite a, a role, right, that God has given us, quite a gift, uh, to be his representatives and to reflect who he is, right? Um, so it's, it, it, like Jared Packer says, it's special dignity, right? This is a, a real value that, that we are made in his image and we have this role as his uh, reflections, as his image bearers. Uh, two interesting things. I don't know. Has anyone heard of the words dichotomy or trichotomy before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so dichotomy is like a view of man. What is man? Is man just a physical and uh, spiritual being? Uh, the dichotomous view says, yeah, man is just a body and the soul or spirit. Those two words, soul, spirit, can be used interchangeably according to a dichotomous view. Um, that that seems to align most of scripture. That's what both uh, J.I. Packer and Wayne Grudem hold to is like a dichotomous view of, the, of man as a body and soul and spirit. And that's preferred over trichotomous, which, which will take the soul and the spirit and break it up. Say that a spirit is like, that's the only part of you that relates to God. The, the rest of it is like you have a soul, but that's not necessarily spiritual. It's, it's really kind of a nuance, right? Nothing that critical, but just something, you know, to keep in mind if you've never heard it before. Something that, uh, yeah, helps make it clear that we have, we, God has given us both a physical body and a soul or spirit, right? And then also, how did God create us? He created us male and female, right? So there's a complementary nature to the genders. And um, as uh, Wayne Grudem says, that's meant to lead to enriching cooperation. Uh, I really actually enjoy what J.I. Packer said. Let me read this quote from him about male and female. Um, See if you can relate in your relationships as well. Um, Perception of the unfathomable difference between a person of the other gender and oneself is meant to be a school for learning, the practice of and joy of appreciation, openness, honor, service, and fidelity, all of which belong to the courtesy that the mysterious reality of the other gender requires. <laughs> if you uh, earn a relationship, you know, I think uh, for myself I can relate the mysterious reality of the other gender. It's, uh, it's quite astounding how different uh, God has made us as male and female. And yet also so complimentary that we need the other gender, right? Like it it is beautiful how it's an unfathomable difference, but yet uh, it's a school for learning and the practice and joy of appreciation, openness, honor, service, and fidelity. Uh, Not just within marriage, right? But even uh, like Trey said, within the church, right? That we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's a beautiful gift to be part of this family. So that's that's a little bit how God created us. Now let's let's go a little deeper again. So what does it mean to be created in the image of God? What does that really mean to be an image of God? Yeah. Well, I think uh, <clears throat> Wayne D- Grudem does a really good job here. He says, uh, we were made to be like him, right? The likeness of God. Therefore, what this really means is the more we understand about God, the more we understand about ourselves and vice versa. The more we understand about ourselves, the more we understand about God, right? Uh, it's kind of cool. I, I think like the closer we get to God, the closer we see ourselves, right, in light of who He is, right. The more we understand Him, we know, oh my goodness, like He is so holy, right. And then when I look at myself, right, when we think of man, often I know I'm quick to think, oh, just sinful being, broken being. But God has made us in His image, right. We can't skip that fact that we are, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, right. Like Psalm 139 says. So, uh, yeah, the special dignity that we get to know God as we know more about ourselves, and we get to know more about. Uh, uh, ourselves as we get to know about God, right? Uh, so being reflections, we are reflections of God's nature. So what are some of those things that we're reflections of? We kind of named a few here. Um, uh, relational creatures, right? We're meant for fellowship with others, just like God, right? He preexisted with the fellowship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. 
uh, reflections of him being a moral, holy God, right? He is holy. There's no one like him. He he's defines what is right and wrong. And that in ourselves, right, every one of us on this planet have some sense of morality. We know that something is right to do and something is wrong to do. Uh, we're also, like we already talked about, physical and spiritual. That's a reflection of God, more so in the sense directly spiritually related, right? God is a spirit. He's not a physical being. Uh, but physical indirectly, right? Because God also, he hears, he sees, he spoke, right? He has certain physical characteristics that only us as humans were, were made specially to experience who he is in a certain way. So indirectly, we are physical beings made as a reflection of who he is. Uh, we're rational, intellectual, right? We have a will. God gives us a free will to choose what to do, what not to do. Uh, and functional. God gives us these roles of what he wants us to do, right? Th that's, in essence, what makes us humans, right? Um, this is what it means. You know, um, I think it's, yeah, let me read a quick quote here from J.I. Packer. Just kind of what it means to be a human. <laughs> uh when we did the quote earlier about being his direct representatives on earth, right? Uh, J.R. Packer says, this is what humans are made to do. They're, they're made to reflect and reproduce at our own creaturely level the holy ways of God. And, and, and in one sense, we are only human only to the extent that we are doing it. You know, we're really only experiencing humanity when we are reflecting and bearing God's image, right? And acting as his representatives on earth. Um, so, but we can't ignore the fact that we have sinned, right? That, that this perfect, beautiful image that God has made us in his own image to be, right, has been distorted, right, because of sin. Because of sin, God's image in us is partly distorted. But, but the good news of the gospel, right, is that in Christ, God's image is being restored, right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 said, ultimately, Christ is the image of God. He's the perfect sense of the image of God. Like, we have the perfect example of what the image of God is. As Jesus, God himself, came down as a human being and took on human nature, right? He's a reflection of God perfectly and who we strive to be, Christ-likeness, right? And in Jesus, we see God's likeness as it is, as it was intended to be, intended to be. At the end of time, all of God's children will become like his son, Jesus Christ. I, um, I'm trying to remember what passage we're going to put. Uh, I think in 1 John 2, it talks about that, right? Uh, or 1 John 3, sorry. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And that's that's our hope, right? That one day we will be exactly like him. We will see him face to face, and we will be, you know, the, the final consummation will take place, that we will be like Christ completely. As we, right now, we, we are the already but not yet, right? We still battle with our sinful natures. But one day that will be done away with, and we will be like him. Uh, so that is the hope that all Christians look ahead to. And and God, I read too um, that God doesn't redeem us from our physical natures, right? Like a lot of a lot of people, you know, maybe you see in the world that can't wait to get out of this bo broken body, right? But one day our bodies will be redeemed, right? One day we our bodies will be resurrected just like His body was resurrected, right? And that's good news for our hope that that he, we will be given new bodies, right, and be created new, that this physical nature is, is important for how God has made us in his image. So uh, let's go move on to the next section. Then, sec, uh, Part seven, what are our responsibilities as God's image bearers? Any thoughts there?
positive portrayal mm. of God's image. Mm -hmm. it's like you Reflect in the right way, yeah, in a good way, and according to his law, like uh, Trey was saying, like having his word, we can know how to act rightly, yeah. I think also viewing others as image bearers, mm, yes, is huge, um, regardless of who they are, age, um, ability, capabilities, yeah, right. I think that's really important, yeah, relationally, regardless of their state. Saved yeah. or not saved. Like, yeah. We are all made in God's mm -hmm. image. Okay. Mm -hmm. Totally. Any other thoughts? Uh, Genesis one twenty eight here. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. This filling of the earth, I thought was an interesting thing uh, these theologians talk about. Just how God glorifies himself by filling the earth with his image, right? Like he, he sends his people out as his image bearers to spread who he is, to glorify himself and, mm -hmm. uh, and have dominion over every little thing, right? Like as we talked about, you know, man is the, the pinnacle, the, uh, the culmination of God's glory, right? Um, and, and he sets us above every little thing, right? Uh, Psalm 8, it's really powerful. Uh, it, it basically answers the question, what is man, right? So let me just read the whole thing. Uh, o Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babies and infants. You have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Uh, just, just again, just he put us to have dominion. We are, we are responsible as his image bearers to care for what he's created, right? Not just other people too, but we're called to take care of his land. That last point there in that section, um, and uh, and like Trey was saying too, we have a great hope and respect for all people, right? Not just some people, not just people that treat us well or, or nice or kind, but all people, right? Uh, all people ever, even the, those coworkers who are tough to deal with, there might be pain in your butt, right? Like God wants us to have great hope and respect and love for all people and for the world, for what he has made, right? Uh, regardless of people's states, because um, everyone has the potential to return to the beauty of Jesus Christ by turning away from their sin and in faith trusting in their creator, right? So that's just a few of the kind of summarizing the main responsibilities as God's image bearers. Um, so what about us? So what are some ways, uh, question eight, what are some ways uh, that we, that I, that you, and this church can fulfill these responsibilities? by caring for everyone equally regardless of I mean fill in the blank you know whatever <clears throat> yeah yeah totally especially like thinking of the unborn or um, people who aren't 
exactly like us. I think those are the big struggles in our society. And then also like the aged, I think is an also overlooked people group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because often people look at it and say, well, what purpose did they serve? You know, yeah. they're almost on their way out. Right, exactly. Right. And that every life has dignity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen TCC do this too, right? Like they do the survey to why, mm-hmm. right? It's we're here, there to serve the city, regardless of it. We're just there to serve, no strings attached, right? And mm-hmm. uh, that's one way the church is fulfilling that responsibility, and, and just being invitational, right? Like anyone's welcome to come. Any mm-hmm. image bearer can come and join and participate mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah, and like you said, just caring for people, whether old, young, babies, sick, foreigners. Any other thoughts? I think hospitality is one that really sticks out to me too, just to see like how this church just, you know, is hospitable to people outside of the church, but also inside, you know, like just thinking and praying for others, uh, caring, giving meals, right? Like for the Woods family, what's going on right now? Like it's just really encouraging to see that, you know, we are taking up our responsibility as God's image bearers mm-hmm. to care for other people um, yeah so let's hit the last section here so what are some practical results of this doctrine um, a few verses here uh, practically what does it mean uh, that we are God's image bearers uh, and that we are made uh, to glorify God so Isaiah 62 5 says as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride so shall your God rejoice over you right as we glorify God as we go throughout this world enjoying him loving him trusting him obeying what he says to do that as we rejoice in him God is rejoicing over us right Uh, that's an incredible thing to really believe and that's the question do you really believe that he's rejoicing over you do you really believe that? That God in Zephaniah 3.17 says, He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Just to think of that as, as God, as a good father, exalting over his children with singing, with loud praise, because they're glorifying him, even as infants, right? Remember we already read, like, the mouth of babes, he establishes strength and praise. Um, it's incredible to think about how God can just be singing over, uh, over his image bearers. And then one of my favorites is Psalm 16:11. In your presence, in your presence, God, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Right? Practically, if if we are glorifying God and the purpose of our life, that we in His presence, as we're enjoying Him and delighting Him, there we will have fullness of joy. We'll have all that we need. We'll be completely satisfied and have pleasures forevermore. Pleasures that are are richer and more fulfilling than anything, any money, any uh, sex or things, drugs, anything in this world can provide. Those are all temporary and not worth compared to the pleasures forevermore that we experience in Christ. Psalm 27, 4 says, I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, right? Think about beauty, too. I mean, we see beauty tangibly in this world, but nothing compares to the beauty of the Lord, right? That, that's a practical result of uh, just being in, uh, an image bearer of God, just uh, glorifying him and reflecting who he is. Uh, and as we go and do that, we get to gaze upon his beauty more and more. As we see people come to know him, as we see people transformed by him, as we just serve and just love people who are different than us. And lastly, too, my flesh and my heart may fail, 
but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So that's another good news, a result, practical result of this doctrine, that we are given the strength that we need for our hearts, right? And we're given it not just temporarily, not just now, but forevermore, right? There's an eternity uh, of enjoying him, of experiences his pleasures and his joy and his presence forever. So, yeah, it's such good news that we get to glorify him not just now, uh, but forever and for always. So, um yeah, that's uh, just a simple run-through of what the doctrine of man is. Why did he create us? How did he create us, male and female, in his own image? And what are our responsibilities? And then what, what results when we do this, when we align with God's will and what his plan is for us? So, yeah, any questions?